Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. First, let's uh, let's have a look at the main business stories in the newspapers and websites with the guy who frequently wears lederhosen, Aidan Donnelly from Davies. Good morning, Aidan. Good morning, Joe. Do you lederhosen any... maybe, but never speedos, Joe. Let's just clarify that point. No, I, I think uh, it's too early in the morning for that uh, image to percolate into people's minds. Uh, are you wearing your lederhosen pyjamas at the moment? No. Okay, good to know. Uh, <laughs> let us start where let us start as we mean to go on. Owen Burke Kennedy in the Irish Times has a story about Irish manufacturing. Yeah, it's some some good news here in that uh, it's looking like at the end of uh, August the Irish manufacturing activity has actually expanded driven by a fresh upturn in in new orders. Now, it's been a, a pretty uh, dull time for most of this year so far in terms of manufacturing, but actually August saw uh, the AIB Purchasing Managers Index uh, pop its head marginally above the kind of the, the fifty break-even number, and anything over fifty basically signifies expansion. So that's the key to it here. So at fifty point eight, it's just above it. Now I would say it's a one-month reading, and um, you know one swallow doesn't make it somewhere, but and it can be very very lumpy given the nature of the manufacturing uh, business within it. But ultimately, look. It's good news. Um, we, we'll take any good news at this stage, you know. Yeah, indeed, because uh, people were starting to worry because the backbone of Irish manufacturing is the pharmaceutical business. And they were worried that uh, after so many months of a downturn that it could affect the wider economy. But luckily, that has not been the case. Um, now, let's talk to another branch of the Irish economy, exporters. Sarah Collins in the Irish Independent has a story about them. Yes, this this is the, the Brexit tumult that just keeps on giving and giving and giving. But at least the Irish exporters will get at least an extra six months longer than their EU peers to comply to the uh, UK's new border control. So basically what they've done is they've they've carved the UK in half, north to south. And, and basically there's one set of rules for all the ports on the western side going into mainland Europe. And they've changed the uh, rules or extended the, the, the period at uh, the grace period for the ports on the east coast of um, east, uh, sorry, the west coast of the, the of, of the UK into into Ireland. And um, it just means that the, uh, it's particularly around um, the the things like you know plants, raw meats, dairy products, and, and animal derived Ph- foods. Phytosanitary. I think it's called sanitary and phytosanitary. Yes, I'll I'll up my hat to your your knowledge on this one. But ultimately, it basically means that uh, whereas the um, the live uh, and physical uh, examination of of imports was going to be coming in uh, sooner for for EU and from the mainland EU, it's actually going to extend it out a bit more on the on the on the Irish side of it. So. If that can be good news. But I think it ultimately speaks to the fact that the, the issues are not necessarily with EU and, and EU ports. It's ultimately trying to get all of the um, necessary machinations at, at uh, UK ports in order to be doing this. It's interesting because the, the moment uh, the UK left the single market at the very end of 2020, the EU started uh, examining every uh, shipping container containing food and food products uh, from the UK. And here we are 
three, almost four years later. Years and, later, yeah. And uh, the UK still haven't got, hasn't got its act together. Um, in the meantime, in that time, of course, it means that food goes unchecked, just drives straight into the UK. And there is always a risk that some of it could be contaminated and that there could be some sort of a dodgy outbreak of something nasty due to something that was imported. Yeah, I, I suppose the other thing too is in in the wider economic one, whether you know, obviously the UK has been fighting inflation and and food sourcing and supply uh, has had issues over the last three to four years. So, you know, I suppose they're very conscious of the fact that by just bringing in blunt instruments uh, when they're not really ready, you run the risk of actually increasing that problem. Yeah. Now let's move to the restaurant sector. Now we've done exporters, we've done uh, manufacturers. Let's talk about restaurants and Eleanor Regan's piece in the Irish Times. Yeah, this is obviously any, anybody who wanted to go out to dinner, they should have done it last night because your 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 bill at the restaurant is going to go up as of today because the VAT rate moves from 9% back to its, own, its original uh, 13.5%. Um, and obviously the restaurant associations are out saying that this is nonsensical and it's basically going to mean the, the closing of the doors of many low margin restaurants, cafes and, and food. And I have to say I have a certain amount of sympathy on this one because I think... As a frequenter you know, you, of restaurants? No, as, 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 as a, a person who talks to an awful lot of restaurant owners and, and, and cafe owners and things like that in that... You know, the, the hospitality industry, in, in, when you include hotels and everybody else, has been kind of treated with a, with a broad brush. And while things are doing very well for the hotels due to various different reasons, the actual down at the, at the street level, if you will, when it comes to, to restaurants, cafes and things like that and, and food-led pubs, you know, they haven't seen the strength of the rebound. Um, and you, you can see it. It's not just a Dublin thing. It's, it's right across the whole country. If anything, actually, it's probably worse. I'd say outside Dublin, and I just my my fear will be that that they're probably not a million miles away, and why a kind of a slightly more nuanced um, application of the VAT rates couldn't have been done, um, I don't know. But you know, I do. I, I I think it will be very interesting to see over the next six months. Um, what this does to, to those smaller uh, operators. Of course, there will be those who said that some restaurateurs did not cut their prices when the VAT rate went from 135 to 9% when the pandemic broke out. The, 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 the origins of the VAT cut was, of course, to help those restaurants uh, during such a time. But we won't dwell too much longer on that. Um, the Financial Times, it has a story about UBS profits. Yeah, uh, there's not too many times in all my years I've seen the, the, the headline UBS breaks record with 29 billion profit, and and um, you look at that, it's you realise that actually it's 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 down to the uh, machinations of of the accountancy world, and really this is just basically it's a it's a one off gain um, that was entirely down to accounting rules on based on the the 3.4 billion takeover of Credit Suisse when you actually go under the under the hood the numbers aren't um as good as that when you look across their various operating um uh, divisions but the other thing i suppose that that's ultimately going to to play out now to go through this is that there is a near 10 billion uh, dollar um 
cost-saving program about to be initiated over the next couple of years that really you're integrating the, both the UBS and, and the Credit Suisse um, domestic businesses. They're continue, going to continue to be run separately um, until uh, they're legally combined next year and then they can start cutting costs. But you're going to see significant um, layoffs here. They've already announced something in the region, I think, of 2,000 layoffs yesterday um, uh, as they amalgamate their as they amalgamate their international businesses together. Um, so and that this did is, not this... include Francesca McDonough, who was hired from Bank of Ireland, of course, uh, by Credit Suisse, just before Credit Suisse imploded. She Correct. Gets, she gets to keep her job. Well, for now, anyway. For yeah. now, anyway. Uh, a final probably... question. We're, we're, we're September 1st. We're back to school. <laughs> traders are back to school. They're ba- you're back from the Hamptons. Um, what, does, what does that mean for traders, now that the big boys are back in town? Will that change anything for the markets? I, I think it'll definitely pick up in, in terms of liquidity because we've obviously seen the, the liquidity and trading volumes be very low over most of the summer the way they always are. I think the other thing that's probably important is that we ha- still we, we've seen a significant sea change over the over the summer months in terms of uh, interest rate expectations uh, on both sides of the Atlantic um, in that well, you know probably. People were thinking at the start of the summer that the central banks may well be coming to the end of it. It's looking as if we're we're going to get at least another uh, one uh, raise on, on on both sides of, of the water. Um, so that I think has to be factored in. I think the other thing that's important to factor in is is that you know they, for much of this year, uh, particularly um, traders in the U.S. have been worried about a, a recession in the U.S. That's slowly but surely getting pushed out into next year if it happens at all. Um, and, and I think that that's feeding into the uh, corporate earnings outlook for many, many businesses. Um, and yet we still have a, a situation where forecasts for, for earnings for the, for the S&P overall are still very, very wide. There's a wide range around it. So I think there's an awful lot of, of uh, head scratching and, and uh, back of the envelope uh, numbers to be done, uh, particularly on the corporate earnings side of it. Um, and that's obviously going to feature and, and factor into, into you know, the performance of many sectors through now and the end of the year. Thank you very much, Aidan. You can go back to polishing the Lamborghini now or getting the boat out for the weekend. That's Aidan Donnelly from Davies Stockbrokers. Thanks. Have a lovely weekend, Aidan. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.